call to order the Avon Town Council meeting for December 7th, 2023. Please rise and join me for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, Julie, would you mind taking a roll call, please? Greg Zuzan. Present. Don Loudon. Present. Robert Pope. Present. Tim Roberts. Steve Eisenbarth. Present. Please forgive me. My tab just closed with my agenda on it. There we go. Uh, first thing we'll do is employee recognition. Ryan, I think we're going to start with the town side first. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for coming tonight. Uh, great to see a, a packed house. Uh, we do have a couple employees and uh, town officials we would like to recognize tonight. So uh, to start out, I'd like to start with uh, Steve Eisenbarth. Um, as everybody knows or may not know, um, Steve has been on the town council for the last eight years. And so this will be his last meeting with the town. So um, I guess I want to start out and just say, Steve, thank you for the last eight years. Uh, thank you for providing leadership. You've always been a great voice in supporting the town staff and supporting us in everything that we do. Um, I've always appreciated that since we kind of have a little bit of a connection just because of our street backgrounds and what we've done. And so I always appreciate your challenging, detailed questions. And so thank, thank you for doing that through the years. And, and thanks um, for pushing us and, and pushing the staff, but also supporting us and being a good leader. Um, one of the things we'll talk a lot about tonight, just when we're recognizing employees, uh, this is a really hard job and, and not just for us as employees, but it's a hard job for you guys too. It, there's not a lot of appreciation. And so uh, I do really appreciate being able to take a minute and at least say thank you, Steve, for all you've done for the last eight years, even longer than eight years. You've been on the council for eight years, but even before that, you were dedicated to the Planning Commission. I think even were you on the Parks Council for a while too. So, so probably you know, 15 years you've been here to support the town as we've grown up. So, thank thank you for everything you've done. And so, here's a small token of our appreciation. Um, I, you know, I will say real quick that it, it's just a pleasure to be of service. I mean, I remember coming on the council as you know, we, we get in this business for different reasons, you know, and I, I remember uh, I see uh, uh, Marcus Turner back there. We were on the plan commission for nine years, and uh, I remember uh, I wasn't happy with one of the votes, and I said, man, I just don't like that. That, that wasn't a good thing. You know, I said, I think I'm going to run for this thing. So I, <laughs> that's how I got involved. And, and then it's fun. It's just I started to see the warmth of the people. So I got in for the reason because I was a little agitated. But then once I got going, I started seeing the warmth of everyone and I really enjoyed it. And it's it's all the council members. It's been great. Greg, you've been here from the get go. And then uh, everyone else has just been fun. So I, I'll just leave it at that. But it's I encourage anyone that's thinking about getting involved. To, please do it. Don't. You don't, you don't always have to be aggravated or anything. Just kind of have a heart to want to do it. And 
it's a lot of fun. And, and I know Jason's going to do a great job. So he's, he's, I'm really looking forward to him too. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. That's all. Um, the next employee we want to recognize, um, again, just I talked a little bit about it with Steve, but um, one of the things I think is just, again, remarkable, I, and every time I do these employee recognitions, um, anybody or any employee that's willing to stay at a community or a town and support us the way that a lot of our employees do, to recognize somebody for 20 years of service is really incredible. I feel that way for town employees. I feel like it's even more incredible for police officers. So um, the next couple of, of ones are gonna be for police officers and um, being a police officer is a really thankless job. And so not only to do that for 20 years, but then to support the town and give the kind of level of commitment and to see the things that they have to see on a daily basis. I think it says a lot about the quality of the people and the quality of the officers who work here. So. Uh, with that said, Mike Whittle, if you would please come up. Uh, we'd like to congratulate Mike Whittle on 20 years with the town of Avon. Um, the next one I'd like to recognize um, is uh, Brian Whittle, um, or sorry, Brian Nugent. Look at that. See, I could, I could, I could barely say your name right. That's I was so nervous. So, Brian Nugent. Um, sorry, Brian. That made the moment funny instead of sad. I guess so. That's good. Sure, yeah, you guys come up, hold hands, come up together. But um, And so I kind of talked a little bit earlier about commitment and dedication. And I can't think of a single person at, at this town, let alone that I've ever met, that has the kind of commitment and dedication uh, as Brian Nugent has. Um, I know Sean and I laugh on occasion that it's so hard. We want Brian to stop working sometimes, and but he's so dedicated and so commit, committed to what he does. And again, I don't, there's a lot of people that work here that love this town, love this community. And I don't know that any of them even match up to what Brian gives. Uh, it's a testament to Brian, but also his family. And they have to sacrifice something for that as well. So um, really appreciate Brian. Brian's a fantastic person. The town is fortunate to have someone like Brian Nugent uh, on our team and, and to be part of our police department. So um, Brian, thank you for all you do. This is a small token, but at least something.
So this one, obviously, everyone just laughed because it's huge, but um, I think we've, we've only had, I believe, two employees that have reached this pinnacle, um, which is a 25 years of service. Um, I'll laugh a little bit about this employee because, uh, one, he's just fantastic. He's, he's solid as a rock. You, if you need anything, he's the most reliable person you could ever look for. He's not going to talk to you much or say much to you. <laughs> and so there's just strength in what he does. And I appreciate that. Actually, I think one of the first people when I actually got this job as town manager, uh, he came up to me and said, you deserve this. I'm so proud of you. And I love that because that's just indicative of, of Dave Margison's personality and the kind of person that he is. And so Dave, Thank you for 25 years of service to the town of Avon. Um, appreciate everything you've done. And this thing's huge, Dave. I hope you have a big spot in your office for it. <laughs> I wanted to be Dave Nugent, though. <laughs> that would have been awesome too. <laughs> and with that, I think I'll turn it over to Sean, and I think he's got a few things as well. <clears throat> well, for those of you that thought you were going to get out of here without listening to me talk tonight, and thought Ryan was going to do it all, you're wrong. So get ready for about 40 more minutes. Uh, but uh, seriously, though, uh, the four individuals that we're recognizing here tonight are all um, complete specimens of what it takes to design and build and mold and form a community in all the facets that you can possibly think of, whether it's the town council, streets, you know, we can't thank Steve enough for all of his work on the streets and traffic safety and everything else that he's done with the, with the council, our public safety uh, you know, it speaks for itself. These three uh, individuals that you're going to hear about here tonight from the police department are all instrumental in their own way uh, and how they have molded and shaped our department and actually helped to form the public safety, not just for Avon, but they become an example for other agencies throughout the county to follow as well. That's really helped make Hendricks County um, a staple in the law enforcement industry. Um, wherever we go throughout the state, we hear about uh, when they talk about Avon, we hear good things about the police department. That's that's a good thing. So um, first person I want to talk about, though, tonight is Steve. Uh, <laughs> we got a little something here for Steve uh, Eisenbarth tonight, the council member. Uh, we've got a, a police letter of commendation for you tonight, Steve. Uh, and I'm just going to read to you what uh, what we wrote in it. <clears throat> It is with great pleasure and honor to award Avon Town Council member Steve Eisenbarth with this letter of commendation on the 21st day of December in the year 2023. On behalf of all the members of the Avon Police Department, we would like to commend Council Member Eisenbarth for his unwavering commitment to the department, I'm sorry, for the development of the town of Avon and for his steadfast support for the Avon Police Department. During his time as an Avon Town Council member, <clears throat> Councilmember Eisenbarth demonstrated a common sense approach to responsible growth of our community while recognizing the necessity for the responsible growth of the Avon Police Department's resources, 
to adequately provide public safety. Councilman Eisenbarth's service not only enriched the lives of those in our community, but also played a major role in providing outstanding public safety service to all the residents, visitors, and to all others traveling through the town of Avon. The Avon Police Department commends Councilmember Eisenbarth for his selfless service and wishes to recognize him and wish him the best in all his future endeavors. Thank you, Steve. The, uh, All right, so here's the first person that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, believe it or not, that's Mike Whittle. Uh, 20 years of service as of tomorrow, actually, is his actual anniversary date. Um, but Mike's been, obviously, he's been with, with us now for 20 years. Uh, before he did that, he served as a pastor. Uh, a lot of people may or may not know that, especially after you talk to him for a while. You're like, this guy was a pastor? So... Uh, but uh, Steve's, he, uh, <laughs> I've been with him for 20 years. I've reserved the right to, to, to zing him a little bit here tonight. Uh, so that's, that's what he used to look like with hair. <clears throat> so, oops, wrong picture there. There we go. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Mike, Mike has served as a field training officer. He's, a, he's a, a certified standardized field sobriety instructor. He teaches all over the state of Indiana. He's been all over the country teaching other people. Uh, he's a drug recognition evaluator, which for those of you that's not in our industry, um, it's a pretty uh, tasking certification to achieve, and it takes a lot of not just time, an effort, but intelligence. You have to be uh, pretty intelligent to do that. Um, he's an EVO instructor. Um, that's an emergency vehicle operations instructor. He's a graduate of the IMPD Leadership Academy. He currently serves as the senior patrol officer on day shift, and he's also the oldest person on the department. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, to, to piggyback on what Ryan said, it's a uh, it's difficult to do anything for 20 years, uh, let alone be in law enforcement for 20 years. Uh, we've had some people that came close and for other circumstances, they just, they just didn't make it. Um, and uh, so it's a testament to him and his resiliency, his perseverance. He's had, just like all of us, he's had his, uh, his adversities, his challenges that he's had to overcome because we, we all have those in our lives. And he keeps bouncing back. So he's uh, he's one of the he, he's a definition of resiliency. He uh, he stands fast and keeps keeps showing up to work. So we thank you, Mike. And we've got a little something else to give you just to remember us by in case uh, you retire in the near future. We hope you don't, but we also know that that rumor has been floating around. So we want to make sure we got you a little something. So come on up. Something to hang on your wall. Holy cow. Aww. That's very nice. 
Now we can get to this one. Yeah, look at that. Huh? <clears throat> I've been waiting for a long time to show this picture. Uh, I told him I was going to get him back. So here it is. I got him. Everybody sees that. Notice the date in the bottom there. It says 1997. In 1997, I just started here. So he was just a baby still. But uh, as we can all see now, he's all grown up <laughs> physically and mentally and sometimes emotionally. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. How about that one then? A lot of people don't know it, but Brian, Brian actually started at Tell City Police Department down where he's from. Uh, he did a little time there as a dispatcher as well. Um, First couple years he was he spent was on the road here at the Avon Police Department. Um, after that, he spent about the next nine years in investigations with me, and we got to be really really close. Um, some would say inseparable. Some had suspicions. Um, <laughs> our wives were would call each other and wondering if we were ever going to come home because nobody knew where we were. We were out working on cases, right? working on cases. Um, so he's, uh, he's really become like a brother to me. Um, and then, of course, the last nine years, uh, we just finished, um, we're, we're kind of working on our 10th year um, in the administration as a chief and deputy chief. And I really couldn't imagine having anyone else do that with me. And I think he's told me before, vice versa. Um, and I couldn't do it without him. He's really... He's really the, uh, the leader of our department. He's the leader of our community. He's the face. You see him on Facebook. You see him on the news. Uh, he, he, always, he always wants the ball, and I used to always tease him because I used to say, you know what, give me the case. Give me the whatever it is. You know, winners want the ball. When the game's on the line, it's that famous movie, The Replacements. Gene Hackman said it. When the game's on the line, winners want the ball. If you give this guy the ball, he's going to run it every single time and he's going to get you a touchdown that's just the kind of guy he is <clears throat> but uh he's also a graduate of the impd leadership academy he's a taser instructor evo instructor drug recognition evaluator and our pio and there's probably half the people here from all walks of life that's here to see you tonight and thank you for your for your 20 years of service so um without further ado i'll call you up here and See if we can embarrass you some more. So a lot of people don't know this, but Brian has a really funny collection. The guy collects bourbon, but he doesn't like bourbon. <laughs> kind of weird. Tony, you know wherever you are, you know what I'm talking about. So I see the disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for the past couple of years, he's kind of worked on his little man cave down there. So we got him a little something. Uh, we got him a monogram decanter set that says uh, Brian Nugent, Avon Police Department since 2003. And on the inside there, all the glasses and decanter and everything 
monogrammed the same. So we thought that would look pretty cool down, downstairs in the basement. So. The, uh, the last person I want to talk about tonight is Dave Margeson. Uh, you kind of already got a little bit of hint, if you didn't already know him, what he's kind of like, kind of stoic, kind of quiet. Um, but he is, he's, he stands the test of time. He's, he's hard as steel. He's uh, tenacious, but yet he's a good soldier. And if you give him a job to do, he's going to do it. He's going to do it exactly the way you tell him to do it. Um, he spent most of his career on night shift because that's where his heart was. That's where most of the people in this room have spent some time on night shift. They know what it takes to be there. And for Dave to stay on night shift until 2018, and he was, he was sworn in 1998, that's a long time. But he believed in it. He uh, liked working night shift. He loved working with the guys on night shift and was committed to, to stay there with them as long as he could. Dave is, uh, he's in charge of the enforcement side of things. And he's, uh, he's, he's, I'd say he's my left hand. That guy, he takes care of everything on the enforcement side and everything from the cars to the schedules to payroll. I mean, he, uh, he does it without, without hesitation. And the older I get, the more I forget things. And he helps me remember a lot of stuff. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if he helps me remember things I did forget. But uh, it works, so yeah, no, yeah. Um, so we got him a little something, and twenty-five years is it's a long time to do anything. Um, twenty years is a long time, but twenty-five years—you're talking about a quarter of a century. You're talking about—you uh, started here with no kids, and now your kids are twenty-four, twenty-five years old. Um, you've bought maybe two or three different houses. And you could have left and went and worked anywhere else in this community or anywhere else in the state, but you chose to stay here. Um, and I think that's not only a testament to, to Dave and what he believes and how he believes in, in Avon, but it's also about what this community does uh, to somebody when they get their claws into them. Uh, you just fall in love with this place and you stay here and you don't want to leave. And I think that's kind of what, kind of what happened to Dave. So trying to figure out what to get Dave. He's a hunter. Uh, he doesn't need any more guns. So we're trying to figure out what to get him. And I, I said, you know, he's he's tough as steel. He's, look at him, he's rough looking. <laughs> he dressed up tonight. But uh, so we were trying to figure out what to get him. And uh, I was trying to think of something related to hunting. So here's what we got. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Indy, Indy Hammered Knives, but it's one of only uh, one forge in the state of Indiana who actually makes handmade knives, quality knives. And there's only one of a few in the United States that's even certified to do it. These knives are, this is a Damascus steel knife. It's an old school way of forging. Everyone is individual. They're, the design is completely unique to this knife. There'll never be another one like it. It's made of the highest quality steel. 
It's tough, just like Dave. It's unique. It's got a lot of lines on its face. Just like Dave. <laughs> but it's, it's cool to look at, but it's also something that's practical, practical that he can actually use. These knives are made to last multiple lifetimes, kind of like, kind of like Dave. Um, so he can take it, use it when he goes hunting. He could come home and put it back on the mantle. Uh, on the inscription here, it says, Avon Police Department, thank you, Colonel David Margeson, for your service since 1998. For 25 years. I just want to thank the council for letting us do these uh, presentations. I know they're lengthy sometimes, especially when we have some big awards like this, but we really appreciate it and your support. And uh, thank all of you and everyone for coming here tonight and all the families that, especially the families of these, these four individuals, because they're away from you a lot, um, several nights through the week, through the year through the years as they go on. And uh, we miss, we do miss a lot of things. We miss birthdays. We miss holidays sometimes and when we get called out and stuff like that. And, uh, but it's for, it's for a good cause. And if we didn't believe in it, we wouldn't do it. And that's what's so unique about all these individuals up there is that sense of servant leadership that they display every day, day in and day out um, to try to make all of our lives a little bit better. So thank all of you, Mike, Brian, Dave, and Steve. Thank you for your service. Really appreciate it. And thank you all of you. There is a reception following this over in the Avon town courtroom over there. Everyone is welcome to go over there. There's some refreshments and things over there. So, and then they'll finish the town council meeting over here. So thank you again for coming. Thank you. I forgot Dave's picture. I got to show Dave's picture. You gotcha. did it? Okay. Thank you, everyone. Everyone for being here. Thank you, honestly, genuinely. That's wonderful to have such a crowd. We are going to take a short break. We're going to take some pictures and let, let everyone uh, uh, leave, head over to the reception.
Call the meeting back to order. Next item on the agenda is our consent agenda, which includes the check register for today, the work session meeting minutes from December 7th, and our council meeting minutes from December 7th as well. Are there any questions or would anyone like to make a motion? I'll make a motion that we accept as presented. I'll second. We have a first and a second. Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Greg Zuzan? Four. Don Loudon? Four. Robert Pope? Four. Uh, next item on the agenda is the first of two public comment opportunities. Uh, please come forward to the microphone, state your name and address, and please limit your time to three minutes. Seeing no one come forward, we'll close that section of public comment, move on to council comment liaison reports. Ms. Loudon? Well, I don't really have anything. I just want to um, thank the officers that were here tonight for their service. And then also just to say, um, Steve, it's been a pleasure to work with you um, on the council here for five years that I've been on. And uh, I appreciate um, your mentorship and everything that I've been able to learn from you. So mm. thank you. And uh, very kind. I hope you figure out nice things to do on Thursday nights from here forward. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Susan. Thank you. Let's see. We had an RDA, an RDC, and a Planning Commission meeting this week, so that was good. And and even an economic development meeting this week. So, um, as well as thank you, Steve, for what you've done for the eight years on the council, and certainly the uh, other time on the Planning Commission and the parks, etc. Um, you've certainly helped advance the town to where it is today. So. Maybe we'll name a street after you or something. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't flow very nice. <laughs> Either be a dead end or a cul-de-sac. There you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sean and, and, you know, your department, Brian and Mike and Dave, I said it before, I say it again, we have the best police department in the state of Indiana because of you and, and those people. So keep everybody safe and keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's all I have. Mr. Eisenberg. Well, I first, uh, yeah, I, I've been floored by all this. This is just amazing. Um, it's a pleasure to serve in this capacity. It really is. And it's been, uh, I hope you've done some, you know, it, it was fun, really. I kind of enjoyed it. You know, I, it was it, just fun seeing the public and having different, hearing their perspective. And even when people were agitated, I, I, I learned to listen to them and just say, Hey, they're they're mad for a reason. Let me hear it. You know, let's see what's going on. So that that's been good. Um, but each of the, each of your council members, it's been just a pleasure. Greg, you've been here just your, your wisdom and going through bonds and being able to find go through the finances. It's been great to have that and listen to that. Um, uh, the questioning that uh, that each of us does on on proposals coming about, uh, the reasoning. Uh, we all bring different perspectives to it, and uh, I just uh, learned from that and really appreciated that. And uh, I appreciate Ryan because he's put up with me of my little dull stuff with all the streets and stuff, but I, I enjoy it. <laughs> so, um, no, it's been great. Staff has been amazing, uh, everyone to work with um, uh, from the town, and uh uh, it is special. As you see, the room now, it's, it's empty, more empty. But when we had everyone in here, the, our police department, it's just, you guys are just a phenomenal to be, be 
associated with. So you bet we want to get everything we can on funding and continue to work in those directions. So that's all. I, I know I, I'm one to talk too long, but thank you so much for everything. Um, well, first, 20, 20 years and 25 years is just kind of unprecedented, especially like you said, Sean, and police law enforcement, just that'll, that's just adds cherry to the top of it. Just amazing. They're not here to hear it, but I think they've seen it from us. They're very much appreciated and uh, I hope we can continue to support them. Um, Steve, uh, man, thank you. I had to write this down just to make sure I, I said some of these things. Um, thank you for your many years of service, not only on the council, but the boards, the years on the boards prior to that. Um, I know we all can attest to it that uh, we can't do this without that kind of help. And I, a special thank you. I want to thank Laura as well. Um, as silly as it sounds, we all know this work gets carried home, and I'm sure she sacrificed her time with you um, and uh, for our community's benefit. Um, Whatever is next for the both of you guys, I am confident that it will be done with compassion and love for the community at the core. So thank you very much, Steve. I want to add one other thing that I was able to do. Uh, I had the pleasure of participating in one of the practices for the Avon High School robotics team. Um, they're called the Roboreals. Um, they were prepping for a tournament and wanted to help with a sort of a, like a red team to demonstrate their uh, robot, their process, design process, the execution, et cetera. Um, and I think you guys all know that was like right up my alley and I genuinely got to geek out. It was, it was really fantastic. All three teams were invited to the semifinals and one team even won uh, an insight award. So congratulations, Roboreals. That is it for me. Uh, next item, request to amend RTV approval. Ms. Shelby Pry. Good evening, Shelby Pride, Parks and Recreation Director. Uh, last year in uh, the December 1st council meeting, I had asked um, to purchase two new RTVs. We received one of them in January of that year. The second one just came in three weeks ago. Uh, however, with that, and we kind of knew that this might happen, um, the value of that machine went up by $500 as well as they came back and reevaluated our trade-in and with a full year of extra use on it, um, that decreased our trade-in value. So um, I guess I'm asking for an amendment to um, the previously approved quote and the trade-in values to reflect what is currently um, provided to you from Booth Machinery. Um, nothing has changed. We, this is still coming out of machinery and equipment. We still have sufficient funds in it as well as a PO to Booth Machinery from last year because we had already approved um, from this purchase. So I'll take any questions and thank you. Any questions for Shelby or staff? Would anyone like to make a motion? I make a motion that we approve the Booth Machinery 2022 quote as amended. Second. We have a first and a second. Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Greg Zuzan? Four. Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Don Loudon? Four. Robert Pope? Four. Thank you. Thanks, Shelby. Thanks. <clears throat> Next item on the agenda, accept pe annexation petition for Carter. And I assume you're speaking to this one, Brian. Yeah, well, um, there's a, a slight change if you guys looked at your packet, I think even from yesterday, we updated this. Uh, it's still the same parcel, 
previously the petition was signed by uh, Madeline Carter, who's the owner of the property. Uh, since she actually originally signed the petition, Pasari LLC, which is Easton, the developer of Easton Gray, has already purchased it. So you now have a petition from Pasari LLC in there. It's still the same exact property, just because it's now owned uh, by Pasari. Uh, the petition is from them, but it will become a part of Easton Gray. So if you guys drive up there towards Easton Gray, there's kind of a house up on the top of the hill. And so that's Mrs. Carter's property. Which, and like I said, it'll, it'll become part of the Easton Gray. Uh, we'll be able to do it as a super voluntary annexation. So once the town council accepts it, we will start that process. It'll take about 45 days. Any questions for staff? So it's the one dated um, on the 19th. That's the one, the accurate one. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No question. Any further questions? If not, would anyone like to make a motion? I'll make a motion that we accept the voluntary annexation petition for Pisari LLC as written. I'll second. We have a first and a second. Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Robert Pope? Four. Greg Zuzan? Four. Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Don Loudon? Four. Uh, next item on the agenda, comprehensive plan consultant selection recommendation. And I assume Mr. Peoples, you're speaking to this one. Yeah, unfortunately, you get me. Um, <laughs> about four months ago, uh, planning posted a request for qualifications on a number of websites to update our comprehensive plan. Um, and we did receive four proposals total for that particular uh, request for proposal. Um, to review the proposals, we formed a, a, a selection committee, for lack of a better term. Uh, it consisted of Mr. Um, Mr. Roberts from the council, Ms. Spencer uh, as a representative of the plan commission, and then Ryan, me. Uh, Ryan is the town manager, me is obviously the planning director, and Ian, who I had intended to manage this process uh, so that he could learn lo the long range planning processes. Um, when we reviewed, first reviewed those RFQs, uh, we wanted to discern if there was any particular submission that sort of stood out as, as something that was gonna hit us in the face, say, yeah, this is the right way to go. Uh, and, and it didn't, but we did, we're, we did find two that we just said, yeah, those probably are not the right way to go. So we eliminated two of those submissions just by an administrative review with the committee. Uh, and then the committee came up with the idea that maybe we should interview the remaining two. Now, the remaining two were HWC and Housel Levine. Um, and we interviewed them because we were really unable to reach a consensus between the two of them. They were both close. And the interesting thing is, as we're going into uh, the interview process, I think most of the members of the committee were leaning towards HWC, or I'm sorry, Housel Levine. Um, and then when we interviewed, uh, it sort of flipped a little bit. Um, the, the members of the committee switched and, and leaned towards HWC. Um, they, the committee as a consensus did feel that HWC was the best fit for what the town wanted uh, out of a, a comprehensive plan revision. But I think either one of those two would, would have been, uh, would be a good solution. We are asking uh, you to tentatively select HWC as a consultant to negotiate with uh, in the hopes that we could secure a contract for our, our plan. Uh, uh, but like I said, both of them would work if you would like us to uh, go with HWC as a primary and, uh, and Housel Levine as a secondary, we could as well do that. Um, Housel Levine, 
uh, Jennifer Griffin, a member of the plan commission, had had some really good thoughts on it and, and why she thought HWC uh, was a little bit better choice than Housel Levine. And she they have some really nice features, but uh, some of the um, add-ons that we really would like to have on it were outside the budget. Um, but the main concern is the distance. They're out of Chicago, and we were afraid of you know spending four spending money on four hours of travel uh, to and from Chicago every time we had meetings and those sorts of things, and that that money could be better spent with a local consultant who we're not paying for that kind of travel. Um, but they would do a good job. They, they, they had a really strong they had a really strong interview. They had a really strong RFQ. You tell me to move it on. Yeah, I was hoping. So in any case, what, what the recommendation to you from the selection committee is uh, HWC. Uh, the company, they like the local ties. Uh, we thought it was strong that they had some experience with the town before. They are the one that updated our UDO. Um, and they understood, at least when I came on and, and were talking to them, they understood. They'd gotten direction from my predecessor to go in a certain direction. And when I came on, we wanted to run to the finish line more or less. And so they understood that. They highlighted that the, their rationale on their, their process through the UDO was based on the comp plan. And the comp plan needed to be revised if the UDO was gonna be enacted the way, uh, the, the way we ultimately did. And so they know the weak points in, in the uh, comp plan and where to mesh that comp plan with the UDO we amended. So that, that's all I really have to say. We would like to at least uh, start the process of, of securing one of these two contractors uh, for, to do our comprehensive plan, and we would recommend HWC. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Any questions for Bill or staff? Was the recommendation unanimous from your committee? Um, I, it, well, um, Mr. Roberts didn't uh, attend the uh, interviews, so uh, he didn't opine after post interview. So we don't know. It was it was roughly the four of us felt that HWC. I was leaning towards HWC before. Um, Mr. Roberts, I would guess, would have preferred to stick with Housel Levine because he had done a lot of research. And he, he really felt that that was a good company. Um, but uh, the rest of the members that in, participated in the interviews felt that HWC was just slightly better than Housel Levine after the interview process. I've got a comment. Um, sitting on the uh, UDO and, and going through all the um, discussions there, I, I know that was kind of a contentious thing and it was a tough one. But I will say Corey and Brian from HWC did, did a very good job of uh, corralling us and being responsive to a kind of a committee that just kind of got them going in every direction. We had all kinds of little fragmented things going on. So my comment is they were good lis listeners. They were good uh, uh, responding to what we had. Um, I think that process of the UDO just got got to go all over the place because it, it was back during a very political time when we had pushing for the, you know, all the planning was just going crazy at that time. So um, I, I don't want to, what I'm trying to say 
is I don't think uh, HWC should be ranked down because of the UDO. I, I believe they, they did well in that process with what they were given. I guess we differ in that opinion. I felt like they didn't have control of the process at all. Um, and I felt like, you know, while Bill, I respect that you say that they listened to the previous planning director and kind of went with what that person was saying to them and the direction being given that way. Um, you know, that's fine. But five council members sat here and really shared with them openly what we wanted our UDO to look like at the time. And I felt completely unheard. <laughs> um, and, you know, it drug out and it drug out and it drug out. And um, I just don't think they did a very good job managing it. So I'm really surprised that, that they seem to be the one that floated to the top of this process. Do we know who's gonna be the lead? with HWC? Well, uh, it, yeah, they've got an urban planner. I forget her name. Michelle. What's that? Rochelle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she will be doing it from the, from the HWC side and then Brian Stumpf. Brian's really good. Uh, uh, Brian, Brian has a unique perspective in that he spends a lot of time on both sides of the development side, the urban planning side and the developer side. So he has that has that uh, that philosophy of being able to shift over from both sides and, and go middle middle ways. But yeah, um, Corey will be sort of like the overseer, but they, they have an actual urban planner that's going to be uh, honchoing this uh, comprehensive plan from HWC. Is 11th Street involved in this process as well this time? I do not think so. That's Brian, yeah, 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 they will be. A civic blueprint, Brian, a civic blueprint. I think he used to be 11th Street. He might have been 11th Street at that time, but he's civic blueprint right now. I don't know. Well, I, I agree. I mean, I think we did have issues when we did the UDO. Should have been because of our prior um, planner. Um, I, I think we gave guidance, but at times it didn't seem like we were going in the right direction. I asked um, Ryan about the other two candidates, and, and they really weren't competitive. It was really down to these two. <clears throat> I, I certainly agree with the Chicago firm. I don't want to pay somebody that we're going to pay to drive down here, pay for their dinners or lunches, pay for their overnight. I mean, I know they got their... They've interviewed a couple of other places and they're trying to do everything all in one day. And the reality of that is it's not going to happen. So, you know, if HWC is the one we go with, I would rather see Rachel as the face of HWC because then my other concern, they're doing a lot in Hendricks County. They're doing Plainfields, they're doing the county, they're doing Avon if we approve them. I don't know if they're doing Plainfields. So, the one good thing I look at, we're going to get synergies from every municipality in, in the county. So, and we always talk about trying to work together, try to understand what everybody's doing. This would certainly help us do this. But I, I would just like to see 
if Rachel's that project manager to see a different face than Corey. Yeah, and uh, her <clears throat> resume is right there uh, in, in I their, got it right yeah. here. So. Okay. Yep. And I'm fine with that. You, you mentioned it, Bill, in your uh, presentation there, and I, I just want to highlight it and piggyback off of what Greg said. It, you, you boiled it down to these two. The committee boiled it down to these two, and I would I feel like we're, we'd be wasting money having a firm come from Chicago. I'd, I'd rather them spend their time here and working on our comp plan. And as well, HWC has a lot of local experience. Um, so I, I, I agree. I, I, I think I, I know there are previous problems, but I feel confident that we can handle and manage those going forward. Any further questions for staff? Who, um, I know Bill, with you leaving the position, Brian, will you be the one that's overseeing this and to keep them on track this time or? Yeah, I mean, I've asked Bill to help before he leaves to help with the scoping. I think the scoping is the important part. That's what lays out the foundation of what we actually want to see. So my hope is before Bill leaves that he can at least help with that scoping piece. He also knows what the council wants. And so I think between Bill and I, we'll work with the scoping piece. And then as Bill said, Ian, we hope to have Ian be involved too, so that when Bill does leave, we still have Ian to help with that. So, you know, I, I'm not sure what we'll do in terms of filling Bill's position, but in the meantime, yes, Ian and I will will handle it and make sure that they stay on that scope and that they're moving forward. And that Rachel will be the project manager. Yes, ma'am. For us, okay. Yep. Would anyone like to make a motion? I'll make a motion that uh, we accept uh, HWC engineering as uh, for the comprehensive plan uh, selection. I'll second. Greg seconded. Uh, Julie, would you mind taking a roll call vote, please? Greg Zuzan. Four. Steve Eisenbarth. Four. Don Loudon. Four. Robert Pope. Four. Thanks, Bill. Uh, next item on the agenda, resolution 2023-19, authorizing transfer to rainy day fund. Yeah, as you guys are aware, our comprehensive financial plan had a recommendation and Greg Garretos recommended to us to try to get our uh, rainy day fund up to $1.5 million. I think we're about at 113 now. So that means over the next two years, uh, we want to try to get that up to the 15. So our goal is to, um, I, I did change the resolution slightly. It says up to $150,000. Um, there's a potential, we're still kind of cleaning up the books and doing some some last things. There's some potential that may be a little less than 150. So that's why I said up to 150, but we'll do as much as we can up to 150 to then transfer to the rainy day fund. And we did this in the same way that we did it last year, which we said we would do the transfer by March 1st. And so that gives Julie some time to make sure her books are clean straight. And we know exactly how we underspent this year before we move forward with that transfer. So we're happy to answer any questions. I feel like this is usually your, this is your favorite resolution. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see that we're putting some back. I think, you know, that it was important to me and um, based on the counsel of our financial, town financial guy and company. And, and I'm glad to see that we're putting some over um, I guess that's all I've got to say. Yep, I agree. That's it's a, definitely a, a long-term sustainability, smart financial move. 
Uh, any questions for staff? I'm sorry. Nope. It's a good move. Would anyone like to make a motion? Oh, make a motion. Resolution 2023-19. We uh, authorize the transfer to the rainy day fund as stated here. Second. We have a first and a second. Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Robert Pope. Four. Don Loudon. Four. Greg Zuzan. Four. Steve Eisenbarth. Four. <clears throat> Next item, final reading ordinance 2023-24, the 2023 end of year reappropriation. I assume you're speaking to this, Julie? Yep. So this is required by the end of the year. Uh, it's basically cleaning up our books. You guys um, approved the additional appropriation at the last meeting. So now we basically have to place those funds in the lines to kind of clean everything up. Um, we don't want any negative lines going into next year. So this is something we do every year and it's your, your cleanup process. Any questions for Julie or staff? I'll make a motion that we adopt ordinance 2023-24, the 2023 end of year reappropriation as presented. Second. We have a first and a second. Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Don Loudon? Four. Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Greg Zuzan? Four. Robert Pope? Four. Uh, next, next item, final reading ordinance 2023-26, amending internal controls to adopt segregation of duties. And I, I think you're speaking to this, Mr. Taylor. Yes, this ordinance would amend your internal controls to require a segregation of duties uh, function to uh, projects that have federal or state grants in it. It just requires two sets of eyes to make sure that any expenditures or any procurement method have been done in conformance with these federal rules. Earlier this year, you adopted all those federal principles and policies, and this just says that uh, consistent with the uh, practices the State Board of Accounts expects, is that you would have two people, two department heads, who would sign off and say, yeah, it looks to me like we followed everything or no, we haven't. Uh, this will this comes up every audit and it will come up next year. And so we thought, let's get ahead of that. Let's make that our official policy. They'll ask Julie, do you have a policy on that? She can say, ah, we have a policy. So that's what that is. I'll be happy to answer any questions. Any questions for Dan or staff? Is it, would anyone like to make? Oh. Is, is it pretty practical, practical to implement it? I mean, it, I guess it is, you know, but I'm just curious if there's any anything you see as a problem on trying to implement it. No, we've Julie and, and Ryan have already discussed that, but no, it's not too difficult. Really, what you see is a um, inside a file is just a uh, like a cover sheet documenting that the the uh, other person has checked off on that, signed off on those all those things, and um, we already have some of these processes uh, with other types of things. So this, um, you know, I think when you have federal grants, you're really careful about that. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have a federal, we just had a federal lot of, we're going to have another on, on American rescue plans, but this, uh, this should really, um, I'm confident that uh, your staff be able to do it. And um, it mainly applies to public works projects, but it could apply to other things, parks or whatever, mainly public works. And so we're, you're a town manager and you're, Department head, both are very expensive in this area, so they know how to, to do this. But this will be mainly just a documentation feature. No, sounds good. I appreciate your answer. I just wanted to see how practical it was, and it sounds like it is. Uh, I'm, I can make a motion. Uh, ordinance 2023-26, uh, amending the internal controls to adopt segregation of duties of policy that we uh, uh, accepted as presented. Second. We have a first and a second. Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Robert Pope. Four. 
Greg Zuzan? Four. Don Laden? Four. Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Next item on the agenda, 20, uh, final reading ordinance 2023-27, Unified Development Ordinance Updates. And again, Bill, I think you're speaking to this one. I am. So this, uh, so uh, we are at a little bit more than a year or two uh, on the adoption of the UDO. We've administered it for all that time. And we found some, obviously, we found some typos and other sorts of things that we needed to change. Uh, but we also found some stuff that was uh, uh, difficult to administer or things that we felt could be administered better with some changes to the ordinance. Uh, so we, we put together a series of changes to the UDO. Uh, first one, gasoline service stations is not an enumerated use in the permitted use district. And so what we've done is we've, over the past couple of years, we've put it in auto services light. And auto services light has a, a number of notes on them and one of the notes deals with uh, a restriction in the hours of operation if you adjoin a residential district or zone or, or use. Uh, and so, uh, but that, those hours of operation are seven to 10. Uh, and gasoline service stations are convenience uses that are generally used either in the early morning as people are going into work or at late at night when people are coming home from work. And that a seven o'clock time, especially for a community heavily dependent on commuter traffic into Indianapolis, is probably robbing, well, robbing is not the right word, but probably uh, creating a, a a disadvantaged situation for some gasoline service stations. So we've enumerated as a permitted use in, in this district and we've added a new note. Still has hours of operation restrictions, but we've backed them down to five and up to 11 so that people that want convenience goods that live near a gasoline service station that late at night, get a gallon of milk, loaf of bread, whatever, they, they have a place to go rather than having to come to the Kroger on 36 or anything else. But also if they're in going into Indy uh, in the morning and the gasoline service station is right there, it's open at five, allow them to gas up their car as they're heading into. So that's the main part with the gasoline service stations. Uh, residential district lot requirements and the R2 zoning classification, if you probably remember when this was, or maybe uh, at least I hope you do, uh, when this was forwarded to you from the plan commission originally, it allowed a certain number of land uses in the R2 zoning district that you all didn't feel were appropriate for that zoning district. So we, we took those land uses out of the permitted use table. What we didn't do is take the development standards out of that district. And we've had a number of people want to build townhomes and double communities in the R2 district. And I always say, well, it's not permitted use. And they say, well, why do you have standards in your ordinance for those land uses? So this, this strips out the development standards for the, a lot of those land uses uh, that are not permitted uses in the R2 district. They were when they came to you, you changed the table, uh, but we left the development standards in there inadvertently. Uh, off-premise advertising signs. We actually have a standards in the ordinance for off-premise advertising signs, but it's not enumerated as a permitted primary use in any zoning district. It's actually not even on the table. And so this puts it on the table, either as off-premise advertising or billboard signs, but it's a special exception use only in the I-2 and I-3 zoning districts. Uh, we also in this uh, did this as making them a, pro, a excluded use uh, in the Ronald Reagan corridor. It's already an excluded use in the US 36 overlay. So 
you're going to have they're going to have to find a area zoned I2 or I3 that's not located either on 36 or um, Ronald Reagan. Uh, I wish them luck. Um, but th but that's that. Um, front yard fence. One of the things that's good about the Board of Zoning Appeals, out of the many things that are good about the Board of Zoning Appeals, is that it's a good tester for your ordinance. And if you find that your uh, Board of Zoning Appeals is routinely approving variances, uh, then it's better to change your ordinance and not require all these people to go to the Board of Zoning Appeals. Uh, and that's the case in front yard fences in tier three of the US Highway 36 overlay district. The uh, Board of Zoning Appeals has routinely approved variances, especially for the automobile dealerships who have storage lots in tier three of the US 36 behind their main stores. Uh, and there have been two or three industrial users that have come in recently also have fences in their front yards. Again, the Board of Zoning Appeals has approved all those variances. So what this does is make is allow fences in the front yard in the tier three of the US Highway 36 overlay. We had a number of areas in the ordinance that, that said State Road 267. We corrected all of those as far as we can tell uh, to Avon Avenue. Um, we had some accessory uses. So in the Ag Zoning District, uh, a single family dwelling is a permitted use. Uh, but the accessory uses that are typically associated with a single family residential use are not. Uh, so that's a, that was a weird thing that we found later on. Uh, so things like garages and carports, home childcare homes, home occupations were not technically considered permitted in the Ag Zoning if you had a single family dwelling in there. We've included those in this district right now. Um, our uh, legal staff had suggested some amendments to the mobile home park districts that we have in there to, to more align closer, I believe, to state statute. And so we've done those, uh, those, those amendments as well with this one. Um, Townhome parking in the ordinance is only allowed off of an alley in the rear or side yards. We don't have any townhomes that back off of an alley. Uh, and I think we're gonna have some town, well, obviously we're gonna have some townhome developments coming in the near future. So we don't want some trick of the ordinance requiring them to try to park their cars inside or rear yards. They're, so we've, we've changed that so that it allows them to have them in the front, uh, front yards as well. Um, we ran into a situation with the industrial districts where uh, a lot of these industrial land users want to fence their store, their back, their, their lots. Uh, but our ordinance doesn't allow fences in drainage easements within five feet of any sort of drainage infrastructure. And the problem is that is these parking lots have drainage infrastructure all within them. Uh, so there was no way to fence those lots and be consistent with the ordinance requirements. Um, so we've changed that. Uh, so it's got to be actually publicly. So all these industrial users, their they're, they're drainage infrastructure, most of the drainage infrastructure interior to their developments is privately owned and maintained. It's not publicly owned and maintained. All the town really does is periodically inspect it and then they have to fix it. It's not something we're not going out there dredging ponds and replacing pipes like we are in residential subdivisions. So we've changed that so that the, the five foot setback is only applicable to publicly maintained 
infrastructure, not privately maintained infrastructure. And we had no standards for landscape buffers for institutional uses. Um, so where an institutional use uh, butts up against a residential district or an agricultural district, we didn't have any real mechanism to buffer those. Um, we've been using the standards for commercial and industrial developments uh, to, and saying those are what apply. We're making it overt now in the ordinance and stating that institutional uses uh, must use the commercial and industrial landscape buffer requirements. But we have also incorporated a little bit of flexibility. For instance, if a school comes in and it's got a big set of athletic fields between the school and any residential district around it, there's no real reason to require, you know, a 30-foot landscape buffer around that. Or if a park comes in next to a residential district, there's no reason to put a landscape buffer around a lands or a, a wooded area or something like that. So there's some flexibility built into that that allow us to administer it for certain uh, institutional uses to give them a little bit of break without having to require a waiver from the plan commission because the plan commission is not a fan of waivers. And we have added back into the ordinance amenity centers in residential uh, subdivisions. So in the old ordinance we had, uh, in the subdivision control ordinance, we had a fairly extensive list of improvements that are required in common area, depending on the number of lots in a subdivision. Um, we basically stripped all that out with this ordinance requirements and only required a certain amount of land, uh, uh, like 5% open space or 8% open space, depending on the, the, the zoning district that it's in. But there was some consternation with us not requiring amenity centers. So we have simplified. The old ordinance was really, really detailed, had a lot of different, you know, just a lot of different things in, in them. Uh, we've simplified it a little bit, but we have included a lot of the standards from the old subdivision control ordinance in the new UDO for amenity centers. So if there's a fairly large development, they're going to have to put in one or two little neighborhood parks, which I think is consistent with our philosophy. I think the philosophy, you know, some municipalities will provide neighborhood parks community parks and regional parks. I think our philosophy is more, we'll provide the park people, community parks and regional parks, but we want our neighborhoods to provide their own parks for their citizens and essentially maintain those through the homeowners association. So I think this is more consistent with the philosophy of the town. Those are, that's the, those are the changes. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Any questions for Bill or staff? Thank you for taking the time to go through these. Yeah, good technical. I applaud you, Bill. I mean, I've, I've said this before numerous times. If we're going to the BZA and we're getting all these variances waived and changed, we need to go back and change our our, our ordinances and stuff. So I, I applaud you guys for doing that. Um, the only item that I have and uh, we saw that when we presented this at the Plant Commission, is the gasoline service stations item. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we had a resident that came in and actually sent out an email later to us. And I, th I think it was more of the setbacks than anything. Have you guys had a chance to look at that or? We have, I mean, we've looked at 
that, that, that resident did a really good job of going to the, the gasoline service stations in the town and, and uh, um, no, delineating their location from a, a protected from protected districts from residential districts um, uh, he, he I believe would prefer some sort of separation standards from the pump islands to a residential lot um, we haven't seen that a lot uh, in, in I haven't seen that a lot an administering zoning ordinance, a separation standard for a gasoline service station. I've seen separation standards. I, I want to say Indianapolis may may have had a 50-foot one. Um, I've seen separation standards for adult uses and separation standards for other land uses, uh, but not necessarily we uh, separation standard for a gasoline service station. So we didn't bring it in. Uh, he he wanted it. He has a rental. He has a couple rental properties that are right next to the location where the Wawa is going in up on 100 or 100 or 200 north or where they want to go in anyway. Um, so we didn't incorporate it uh, into the ordinance requirement. Uh, I think what you'll, I think historically, it's, it's, it's interesting because gasoline service stations were at one time the quintessential neighborhood retail use, uh, which is why you will often see in ordinances that have been around in a long, for a long, long time that in your lowest retail commercial zoning classification, there are gasoline service stations as a permitted use. But that gasoline service, that two and four pump gasoline service station with a little uh, little uh, uh, convenience store attached to it, market, whatever, doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, and so now we have the eight and 12 pump gasoline service stations. And there's an argument to be made that the new gasoline service stations are no longer a neighborhood commercial use and maybe they belong in a higher zoning classification. But the, cons, the, the, the flip side to that is they do provide a neighborhood convenience retail use. So if we have a gasoline service station near a residential district, it's usually the only place they can go get a half a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread if they, you know, are making sandwiches without having to go on 36, go to Walmart or Meyer. And so they serve a purpose uh, as a neighborhood commercial use, even though they've probably evolved past that. I don't think I'm asking, answering your question. Um, well, I, I just I, think you're right. I mean, because yeah. I mentioned these are C stores that that have gas pumps. Right. It's not a gas station that has food, and it's the C store where they make their money anyhow. So, I think I think that it, maybe we look at it closer and say, do we need to have a separation standard? The the big concern from that remonstrator was the separation standard between the pump islands and the the houses. And I think we've got uh, some, uh, I think one modern, you know, they're no longer dumping 55 gallon drums in the ground, covering up with dirt and pumping gas out of them. I mean, uh, the federal government uh, strictly regulates the safety of those things. Um, but I also think we have standards for lighting under canopies. We have in this particular case, a 30 foot buffer yard that they will have to, the gasoline service station would have to install along that to provide a transition and some screening between those. We can try to make sure that they put some sort of knee wall in 
uh, to stop the spillage of, of headlights onto that uh, adjoining property when we get to the DPR process. So I think we have some mechanisms in the ordinance that allow us to mitigate some of the more problematic features with gasoline service stations near a residential district now. Um, but the only thing I can see maybe is excluding them from the C2 district and going up to the C3 district or something like that. And then trying to control where C3 is. We have a lot of C2 that butts up against residential districts. We don't have a lot of C3 that does. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that's, that's always an option if we decide, well, we need to change this and move it from C2 to C3 or exclude or maybe make it a special exception in C2. We have some mechanisms, but I think from the standpoint right now, we just don't have the data necessarily to justify that that makes sense putting that kind of regulatory burden on gasoline service stations at this point yeah and and i might say too there's another concern when you hear this uh public objection sometimes be careful because separation distances are generally disfavored because uh it isn't it may be used how, how close the homes are built to their rear lot lines may eliminate the use of the adjacent property altogether under those rules. And that is picking winners, winners and losers. So you don't, like Bill said, you don't see a lot of that. There's a reason for that because when homes get built on those adjacent lots, they can be built closer to the road or further back. But you, when you hear someone to start saying, well, you know, there should be more separation. Now you've got this property owner perhaps eliminating any use on an adjacent property that is just big enough the way it sets to put some sort of business there. So you have to be separation distances are not really favored. We deal with, we deal with separations in much different ways than distance between home and some commercial use over here, because that really, that's really giving a lot of power to someone who's already established their stake in the ground and they didn't have to put their house there. You're right. So I just would caution you about that. Bill, I, I feel like you said it, but I want to highlight it and make sure. Um, I feel like the email that we received, the uh, remonstrator was concerned about the health and safety aspect of that, that setback. And if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but those federal guidelines are going to be, those standards are going to be adhered to from a health and safety standpoint, the distance will be enough to maintain those standards. Is yeah, that I mean, the, the biggest concerns, things like spillage and, and uh, seepage into the groundwater and those things, I really think federal regulations preclude that. I mean, my, my stepfather's a farmer, and when he put a fueling station on his own private farm, he had to have a double wall construction. He had to have a, a concrete pad that would have captured in the unlikely event that that double wall got, got breached uh, to capture all the fuel that, that leaked out. And I'm sure that these gasoline service stations that are being constructed now have to do something like, I mean, this is just, this was just a little one pump fueling station for a farm. So I'm sure that the regulations for gasoline service stations are a lot more stringent. Um, so I, I, I believe that the construction standards are going to, probably solve most of the of the he had one concern about fumes um and i you know i'm not a scientist so i don't know but the i think that the fume would dissipate long before it 
you know, you spill a little gas on the back of your bumper and that fume is going to dissipate well before it gets to the property line, just from a common sense standpoint. Um, but uh, I'm not a scientist, so I couldn't say that definitively. Thanks, Bill. Any, any further questions? Would make, anyone like to make a motion? I'll make a motion that we accept and approve the ordinance 2023-27, the Unified Development Ordinance Updates as presented. I'll, I'll second. Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Greg Zuzan? Four. Robert Pope? Four. Don Loudon? Four. Next item, final reading ordinance 2023-28, the PUD Avon Landing Amendment. I promise I won't take long on this one. Um, this is an amendment to the Avon Landing Plan Unit Development that basically adds one phrase to one sentence in the Avon Landing Plan Unit Development. In the industrial parting of the uh, in the industrial portion of that plan unit development, it limits uh, the size of industrial buildings to 400,000 square feet a max. Uh, this is the last lot in the Avon Landing Plan Unit Development. The developer has a prospect, and that prospect needs a larger building. Uh, so they approach the city uh, to, to change that standard, but only if the building is a build to suit. So it's not a building that would be constructed uh, on a speculative basis in hopes that it would be, be filled by someone in the future. If a user is defined and then um, uh, they build a building for that particular user on this last lot in the Avon Landing Plan Unit Development, then it could be up to 850,000 square feet. However, if they want to build a speculative building, they're still stuck with 400,000. So that's really the change. Uh, Plan Commission did forward that to you with a favorable recommendation. The vote was six to one. And I'd be happy, there were no commitments or conditions on that, that approval. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Any questions for staff? Makes sense. Make a motion. We approve ordinance 2023-28, approving the request of Van Trust Real Estate, amending the Avon Logistics Plan Unit Development as presented. I'll, I'll second. second. Uh, you got it, Steve. Go ahead. Uh, Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Don Loudon? Four. Robert Pope? Four. Greg Zuzan? Four. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Next item, legal counsel report. Mr. Taylor. I have two things for you this evening. I want to thank Steve for your service. And no. uh, Hold on a second. Don't leave yet. Uh, and to say that um, there was a time, there was no doubt that Steve was my favorite councilman because he used to bring pies here when he was working on a project that he had to drive past one. and couldn't, He used to bring pies for all of us, as you remember. So, But I appreciate Steve's positiveness and his energy. And I also learned a lot about roads and building roads and road issues and traffic issues from Steve over what I recall as being involved in a, for about 20 years in our commissions, our boards, you know, even before the council. So from your legal team, Steve, we really appreciate it and enjoyed it. And then um, we've served you for another year. We've enjoyed it. Thursday's our favorite day of the week because that's the day we're in Avon. This week was no exception. And I speak for Annie and I to say we love working with you all, but also all of your your team that you have here, and we think they're great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Taylor. Uh, next item, second of two public comment opportunities. Please come forward to the microphone, state your name and address, and please limit your time to three minutes.
<laughs> you got me, Sean. Uh, seeing no one come forward, we'll close that section of public comment. Second opportunity for council comment. Anyone? Um, I'd just like to um, wish Bill well in your new venture. Thank you for your time and, and everything that you've um, been able to improve on here in the town of Avon during your short stay. And uh, we appreciate you and wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Um, I, I actually have to thank each and every one of you for the, this opportunity. Um, most of you, I think most of you were in on my uh, interview. Um, I had a few personal upheavals in my life uh, in 2018, and uh, I was at a point in my life where I wasn't quite sure that I could still do this job, uh, which, which is the reason why Ryan had to ask me like, 10 times to actually come back before I finally gave in and said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Um, and I wouldn't have left. I told Ryan and I told Ian both that, Hey, I'm here till like 60 or 62. Um, but, uh, I had a, I had a medical procedure earlier this year. Um, and I was sitting in my house wallowing in self pity and, uh, I happened to just get on the internet on USA Jobs. And what I do typically is I search for the Marine Corps because uh, I was, I'm a former Marine. And so when I'm not feeling like a man, I usually dump up there and <laughs> say, oh, yeah, I remember I used to do that stuff. Um, but I got on US Job and I put in. Uh, um, I put in community planner and of, I mean, I'm sorry, I put in US Marine Corps and of course the community planner, Marine Corps based Quantico popped up as the first search result. Now I have applied on USA jobs dozens of times when I was, I was off work for two months and I was putting in three and four. I, I really thought USA jobs was just automatically went when you applied on USA jobs that it just went into like a trash can <laughs> and, and then and got automatically deleted uh, because I had never gotten any sort of response back from any application that I put on USA jobs. Maybe that wasn't the correct response, but maybe it was phishing or spam or something. So, but I, out of lark, I just applied for the job. I wasn't looking for the job. I was perfectly content here. I just put it in there. They interviewed me and they offered me the job. It gives me a chance to go back to the Marine Corps. Um, and there's other personal reasons for, for my decision that have nothing to do with working for the town of Avon. I am grateful for you all for hiring me. And at least if nothing else, I, sort of convinced myself over the course of the last two or three years that, hey, I, I guess I can still do this job. I was confident that I couldn't do this job when you guys interviewed me. Um, I don't remember three you saying years that. Ago. But yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I was nearly confident that, that I could no longer do this job. And so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you guys gave me the chance um, and I got a good team. So uh, Ian, Drew, and, and Jess uh, is the your planning team, um, and they're, they're great. They're a great group, and so they'll be able to carry the ball until Ryan finally finds someone that will be a significantly better addition than I am. Yeah. Thank. <laughs> so so thank you very much.
And I am, as I told Ryan, the federal government, Marine Corps, you gotta love them, uh, told me, well, we can't hire you on this date. We can't start you on this date, so we need to drop you back two weeks. So I asked him if it'd be okay if I stay on for a week, we can have more. It gives me a week, we can have more to talk to HWC and try to get this compliance stuff squared away. And to ease, I've been easing Ian into the plan commission. So Ian is content with the plan commission, you know, long range planning, the, he's gonna need guidance and HWC has a, has a good planner. But I think I'm confident he, he does a good job with the Board of Zoning Appeals. He has done almost every petition uh, except for a planned unit development. So, um, and I'm on the hook. I mean, and he, know, he has my number. So if he has any questions, you can always call me and I'd be happy to, to help him out. So are you going to say who ya? No, no, that's that's his. <laughs> mine, <laughs> mine is hoorah. Hoorah, okay, there you go. Well, I just want to say you, you've done a great job. And as much as you probably think you have, like you have, and mm -hmm. you've made our community better in these last two years mm -hmm. and set the table for what we got left to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so don't be so hard on yourself. You know, it's our loss and the Marines gain, but uh, those are your roots and I wish you well. Well, thank you very much. It's been fun. Hey, if the Marine Corps hires me, maybe I'll come back and take Ian's job. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate you. you. You know, you've been very good on the technical side and just bringing things out and helping people to unpack it and see it. So it's, you've taken a, a technical issue and made it uh, uh, open to everyone. So thank you. Thank you very much. Phil, you, you, you know, you're a wonder, you, you're, you're loved by everybody here. Uh, I mean, everybody. Um, He's blushing. Yep. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, hope, I hope I'm turning your face right a little bit, man. Yeah. Um, you, you never want to see anybody uh, wonderful leave your team, but you, you, you don't ever want to hold them back. So I hope, I hope what's next for you. I expect that it would be, it's going to be great and awesome for you. And I definitely wish you the best. I'll reiterate what Greg said, uh, our loss Marine Corps gain. Right. And I won't hold the Marine Corps part against you, man. That's okay. <laughs> you know what happens? We kick in the door and you come in behind and take everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we still have council comment. Anything else from anyone? I just want to thank Mr. Taylor and his team, his firm as well. You know, we've had some changes, and Anna's come on this year, and she's she's start. We're we're starting to forget that that Mitchell guy. You know, <laughs> I think so. But Anna's done a good job. But you know, just like talking about Bill and and what he's done for us, your firm's been here a long time. And you've gotten us over some over the river, through the woods, over some obstacles, and and I appreciate that. We've worked together for a long time, so, and I thank you for dinner tonight as well. And I just wish everybody in the council staff Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, happy year, yeah, Merry Christmas. So I have definitely uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to everyone, staff, uh, everyone at home. I reiterate that as well. Thank you, Dan and Anna. Uh, I forget that other guy's name. Um, with an it's something like that. Um, just appreciate the advice. And of course, dinner tonight. Very, very gracious. Thank you, Steve. Best wishes, man. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure of everyone. I've enjoyed it. Turn down the laptop for the last time. That's it.
Appreciate you. Thank you. Next item, council calendar, Ryan. Thank you guys for the kind words to Bill. He is irreplaceable. I'll do my best to find someone who can even be close to what Bill's been for us. So thanks, Bill. Um, Steve mentioned computers. Uh, we do need to do our fourth quarter audit. So if you guys don't need your computers, I would ask that you actually leave them with me so that we can get your audit, everything updated, and we can get them back to you. If you need them, uh, they'll be here on the 27th to do the audit, which is Wednesday. So. If you need it, just please return it to me by Wednesday, or if you want to leave it with me, that would be fine as well. Uh, also, the town council had approved uh, gift cards to the town staff. Those were distributed today. I think Sean already distributed his to the police department as well. And overwhelmingly, we get great appreciation uh, from the staff for that. So I want to thank the town council for doing that for our staff and supporting our staff. So uh, thank you from all of them to all of you as well. So. Uh, and then in final, this is our last meeting of the year, so have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Our next meeting is a work session at 5.30 p.m. on January 11th, and then we'll have a town council meeting following on January 11th at 7 p.m. Thank you all. Thanks, Ryan. Meeting adjourned.